Hey everybody, Brad Stevens here, founder and CEO of Outsource Access. We help companies redefine how they scale with offshore affordable staff from the Philippines. Congrats to all fellow winners of the 2023 Real Leaders Impact Awards. We are proud to be among you. About 10 years ago, I woke up to a major growth problem in my last business. Cash was tight, staff was overwhelmed, and tasks were not getting done. Then I discovered the world of offshore virtual staff in the Philippines where English is their second language, so there is no communication or culture gap. I realized outsourcing wasn't just call centers, it was access to college-educated Filipinos to support sales, marketing, operations, customer service, bookkeeping, personal tasks, and more. And in fact, the first woman I hired in the Philippines at 23 is now an award-winning COO of our entire company. It inspired me to launch Outsource Access. One client and YPO member, Ali Jamal, shared their offshore virtual staff Edison automated processes and saved them over 50,000 per year in the first few weeks. It's about finally getting things done and staff focusing on higher value activities. We've grown by over 2,000% in just three and a half years and will double next year. To receive a complimentary outsourcing playbook customized for your industry and to connect with one of our team here at Outsource Access, just visit RedefineScale.com. That's RedefineScale.com or text the word SCALE to 770-954-8440. Two months after hiring my first staff, she sent me a picture of shoes she bought for low-income children because of the opportunity. And now we support thousands of families and the environment with United Nations SDG projects. I'm proud we've grown with impact. To learn more, visit RedefineScale.com. Hello, friends. Laura McKinney here, your co-host for the Real Leaders podcast. I am so happy you're here tuning in today. And as always, you are in for a treat. Got some amazing pearls of wisdom coming your way, so make sure to share and review after you take a listen. Let's do this. Well, in five, four, three, two, one, welcome to the Real Leaders Podcast. My name is Laura McKinney, your new co-host for the year, and I am here with the incredible Sandra Stewart, the principal founder of ThinkShift Communications. Sandra, thank you so much for coming on the Real Leaders Podcast today. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course. So to start off, um, I know that ThinkShift is in the PR and branding space. Right. Yes. And I have found that a lot of people that are working in that space sometimes don't always start in that space. Um, so I was wondering if you could take us through your journey uh, to landing in the PR branding world. Definitely. And that is true of me as well. I started out as a journalist, which I was drawn to just because of my sense of curiosity about the world. I love learning new things all the time and because of the desire to do meaningful work. So did that for a long time. I worked at a travel trade magazine, which let me travel all over the world, which was incredibly fun and learned a ton. Mm -hmm. And then I then moved into being a freelance writer and editor where I covered the tech industry and general cultural topics, did that for a while. And through that, I met my co-founder, Carolyn McMaster. She hired me to run a content marketing project and we just got along famously and worked together really well. And 
one night in a bar over a nap on a cocktail napkin decided let's start a business mm. you know sort of that let's put on a show spirit there was so much we didn't know which you know in some ways is an advantage because as people often say if you knew what was coming you wouldn't have done it so anyway Mm-hmm. We started that business. It was a general marketing business. So I came from journalism into content marketing, which is a pretty natural fit. You know, it's writing, it's just brand focused writing. So that's when I started developing the brand chops too mm-hmm. and thinking about brand messaging. And then uh, we did that for a while and ultimately felt sort of stuck. Like we had a broad mix of clients. A lot of them were nonprofits, but a lot of them were just kind of random companies that found our services. And we felt like we needed more focus. So we decided to just take the whole thing down to the studs, rebrand it as ThinkShift with a focus on clean tech, sustainable businesses and social enterprises. And that led to us becoming a B Corp. We were one of the first 300 or so B Corps. Wow. When we became a B Corp, all the leaders could fit in a good sized conference room. Wow. So that was a fun experience. It was super exciting to be in on the forefront of this movement. And yeah. obviously, many much bigger companies have come in since then, which is fantastic. But it was really exciting to be there at the beginning. It, it really felt like we're just stepping out there and putting a stake in the ground. We're going to try to make this thing live. So that was very fun. At the same time, we also became a member of 1% for the planet, um, which your listeners probably know, Mm -hmm. but just to explain briefly, we all, all of us members pledged to give 1% of our revenue, not profit revenue to environmental nonprofits. So that was a great combination. We felt like, okay, we're living our values here. But then we felt like we needed to take it further. As we worked along, we realized we really needed more focus on our market and decided to just go all in and commit to only working with impact enterprises. So we were almost there. That was a focus. We tried to attract them, but we're like, okay, no more. Okay. But not doing anything great clients. We're only going for clients we really believe can change some part of the world and we're going to help them do that. So that was a thing that a lot of people thought was crazy, including including our lawyer. But anyway, we did it and it worked out great, really. It really was able, enabled us to focus our business development and we love the work we do. We love the clients we work with. Yeah. And really the PR and branding focus came out of that. This is the wind up to this answer Mm. is um, we realized that there are lots of great marketing firms out there, including a bunch of B Corps. And the real value we felt we were delivering to clients came from our storytelling chops. So Mm. it was PR and brand story and thought leadership. Mm. So that is ultimately where we decided to focus. And that's where we are today. Wow. That is quite a journey. <laughs> oh my goodness. And do you feel like the the experience you had kind of in the, the journalism, magazine, marketing world, um, do you feel like how does that now kind of play in concert with what you're doing? It's integral. Yeah. It really built a base of knowledge in 
in a number of areas. One, like I just referenced storytelling, learning how to put together a compelling story, learning how to have good hooks that will meet specific audiences' interests. So you're always speaking to someone when you're writing or talking, like, who do you want to reach? So having that knowledge base, also understanding how journalists think, because I was one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, people who, people with impact businesses, especially, believe their work is important, rightly so, and tend to enter conversations with the discussion that everyone's going to see how important this is. But we know that's not true, unfortunately. We still need to meet people where they are and we need to meet journalists' needs if we're going to get people media coverage. So that has been invaluable. Yeah. And the content marketing aspect has been helpful in that it guides us in developing an integrated program. So we have um, a strategy framework we use called EFOS, which stands for Earned Media, Thought Leadership, Owned Media, and Social. So the part we are really focusing on in our direct work is earned media and thought leadership, but we want our work to integrate with those other channels. So we work closely with our partners so that we're developing themes that can be played out across channels and in different formats and in different um, with different kinds of content, but really building on the same themes and messages. Yeah. So that's basically how it all works together. Okay. Very good. And like you mentioned, when you started out, you started with a partner. Um, right. And I think a lot of people going into business, they are debating, do I go in with a partner or uh, who, are, who do I know is the right person to work with, right? How important is it to find the right people to, to work with and to have on your team and to even start something as incredible as you have? It's everything, I want to say. I mean, there are different ways to go about it. You can look for someone who has complementary skill sets. Skill sets. Uh, I think that's a fantastic approach. That's not what we did because we were already working together and knew what we were each bringing to the table and actively wanted to work together. So that's the second approach. I think the most important thing, no matter which way you look at that aspect is, do you share the same values? Do you share the same commitments to the business? And are you willing to sign on those commitments? Mm -hmm. We had a partner agreement from the get-go. It wasn't just a casual, let's see how this works. I know from other people's experiences that I know that you can get into business with someone who you think is a great person and you love and you respect, but find that they have a really different approach to business than you do. Yeah. They, that you just have a mismatch in the way a business should operate. I mean, you really need to think through how would we treat employees? What's important to us? What kind of culture do we want to build? All those things are difficult to retrofit if you don't have them, if you don't, if you're not in alignment on the underlying fundamentals, mm -hmm. I, I have seen with many people, it just does not work. Yeah. No, I think it's it's key and it's also key to help come up with really what your services are going to be and what you're going to offer mm -hmm. to people. Yeah. And uh, to dive into that a little bit, um, to dive into to think shift itself. Um, I, I know you all have three different services or categories that you kind of mm -hmm. bring your clientele into. Could you explain those a little bit and how they work together? Sure, sure. So one of them is messaging. 
So that's really how you tell your story. And we can think of it as a deep and a broad level. What are you all about? What are the key things you want people to know about you? Who are you? Like if your company were a person and really a company is just a bunch of people, what would you be? You know, how are you presenting yourself in your market? What makes you stand out? All of the aspects of what makes your business unique. We work on crystallizing those into concrete, simple, memorable language. So that's a that's a service we provide on a standalone basis. We also do it for clients who are on a PR retainer with us, but mm-hmm. it's really crucially important to have a thread through all of your communications about who you are and what you do. And people use messaging also for their sales teams, for anyone at the company who needs to talk about your company, which should be everyone, right? Yeah. So that's one aspect of it. Mm -hmm. And from that, we will build a brand story too, which is sort of like, think of it as a profile for your company that would tell your company's journey. Like I just talked about my personal journey. And then there's um, PR. And for us, there are many facets of PR. We're really focused on media relations with our PR work. So that's telling your story to the media, really developing a strategy around which media to go to, for which things, when to do it, developing relationships with reporters, building on our existing relationships and helping you present your story in the best possible way. So we develop story ideas, we work with people on their interview skills, we help people develop develop a, an ability to answer questions on the fly and uh, it, really everything that goes along with working with the media. Yeah, very good. So then thought leadership, which is a real sweet spot for us, is we help people develop and express their ideas in a way that gets other people excited and want to come along with them. Mm-hmm. We find especially for um, for impact clients that they need this, they need thought leadership because they're usually developing a new model. They're, they have a totally new idea that no one's ever thought of. They have a completely new product. They're asking people to do things in a different way. And that status quo bias is powerful. Mm. It works in all of us in a very intense way. So we need to help them push people out of their status quo, quo bias. And the way to do that is to make a compelling argument, make it over and over again in various forums and in various ways. So we build programs that help them do that. And we work around their skill sets and and their team's skill sets. So we typically involve several people. There might be some people who are really great at the visionary aspect and they can do really thinky articles or be speakers. And there are other people who are more like how to do this, how to make this work. And that has tremendous value too. And we work with those people too. Wow. So that's it in a nutshell. Okay. In a nutshell. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you do a lot, you do a lot. And I think like all those services, they're, they're needed right now, um, especially. And I'm curious how you've seen these services kind of evolve in like a modern world. Uh, how how have you seen it change from when you started doing this work until until now? And why is it especially important right now in this day and age? 
it's 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 a lot more complex than it used to be, I would say, because the media environment is so complex. Right. Just given the massive changes in journalism, the variety of platforms, the number of people who are doing some aspect of what we might call journalism, we might call influencers, you know, there are different angles on this, the explosion of social media and changes in the media universe that aren't necessarily um, obvious to people looking in on the outside is that there's been a real reduction in the number of reporting jobs. So people doing this work have less time than they ever did and more demands to produce more work. And they're also being judged on the pull their stories get. So they get judged on their clicks. So they the bar is higher than ever uh, for getting someone to want to write about something or send a TV crew out or do a podcast, whatever it is, the bar is higher than ever. And there's a lot of noise. Everybody, here's a, a stat. I think this is from 2022, 2021. But last I read, there are six PR people for every journalist. Wow. Right. So there are a lot of people chasing those stories, which makes strategy incredibly important. I mean, spray and pray is not very effective anymore. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You really, you really need to have a strategy for how you're going to get that coverage and yeah. stay focused on that. And, and also update it and adapt it as yeah. needs change. Yeah. What is your like secret sauce to cut through that, that noise or, you know, hit that nerve of, of your, for your clients? Everything is customized. We don't have sort of off the shelf things we do. This is our template for doing this. Yeah. Everything is really geared toward that client and their market and the people they want to reach. Mm -hmm. A lot of people end up getting very focused on top tier media, you know, the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times, et cetera. And of course, it's great to get in those publications, but mm -hmm. that gives you a lift then. That's not ongoing coverage. The people who will cover you in an ongoing way are in your own space your trade space, whatever it is, you know, the impact investing world, if you're in impact investing. So you really need to, we really nurture relationships there and figure out where are the people who you need to buy your product or your service or adopt your ideas? Where are they? Mm -hmm. And how do we get in front of them? Yeah. So that's where we start. And that can be a lot of different kinds of strategies. Maybe you have a heavy trade strategy if you're a super technical company. Maybe you have big time media strategy. If we think you have a real, real possibility there, we will absolutely go for it. But and maybe you have like a 90% thought leadership strategy because you're probably not going to get a ton of media coverage. But we know where we can place thoughtful articles that start and add to conversations. So right that that's how we approach it okay very good and i know you have an extensive and impressive list of clients uh how do you kind of vet those relationships to make sure it's a good match for think shift i know you are very impact minded uh sustainability minded mm -hmm. so on and so forth uh how did how do those relationships kind of foster well First, the impact is first, of course. They need to, that's our first screen. Do you meet the impact level? 
The second is, is PR the right strategy for you? Not everyone is ready for PR at, at a certain time. Not, you know, if you have a small budget, we will tell people, you know, you should spend this budget on content marketing mm -hmm. or you really need to develop your brand more to benefit from what we do. We never want to take on work that we can't succeed at. That's a waste of good businesses money and frustrating drain on our time and chi, honestly. So I want to be sure we can be successful with them. So there's, are they ready? And are we excited about them? Do we have ideas? When I talk to my team, do we think, oh yeah, that's great. I can see going after X, Y, and Z. And can they talk about this? If we have a level of team excitement about them, then we know this could be a great client for us. Yeah. Um, it's often, it, and then there's the relationship aspect too. Just mm -hmm. do we click, you know, PR, right. people get um, very emotional about it because mm -hmm. it's about their baby. It's about their business. And it's about them if they're the media spokesperson, if they're in front of people. So you need to have a good relationship. We need to feel like, oh, we, we click, we can work together well. Yeah. We have mutual respect and I kind of get this person. Hmm. So when all those things come together, it's generally an amazing relationship and we have a great ride. Yeah, absolutely. I think the key is is building that trust, right? Because if you're dealing with people's babies, you know, their businesses and their hard yeah. work, I mean, that emotion naturally is going to come out. Um, so I think that's that's really it's profound, you know, that your work is able to kind of be that bridge between that emotion and then getting that out to the world. Um, it's it's pretty special. Um, oh, go ahead. You say something. I was just going to say, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Trust. Trust is the key to everything, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. to leading your own team, I think, and to our work with clients. Right. And, you know, a lot of times now, especially it's very digital, you know, the world and especially PR marketing, it's, it's, it's all kind of streamlined into that. How do you make your, you know, the kind of what I was saying before, your relationships with your clients, but also the, the team that you build within the company, how do you kind of bring that human feel to it, you know, break through the, the digital, the digital noise of it all? Hmm. That's a good question. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want to say I like meetings, <laughs> but yeah. I kind of like meetings sometimes when they're useful. Um, I, a lot of that is really just realizing when you need to get off the digital thing, when you need to get off Slack or email or whatever it is mm -hmm. and have a phone call with someone or have a face-to-face -face meeting with someone. We can do that again. That's very exciting to me. Yeah. Um, or get on a Zoom call. I I don't want to I don't like to overload people and have definitely not have pointless meetings that involve people who don't need to be there, but part of it you just need to have a sense of yeah. when do you need to see it's like with a friend. You know yeah. when you can just text them and you know when this person needs to talk to me. Mhm. Mm so mm -hmm. having that sensibility about it, I think, is key. Absolutely. And the trust aspect is really just the basics. Do what you say you're going to do. Yeah. Be honest. Mm -hmm. Be there when someone needs you. Mm -hmm. Prove that. Prove your value. And that's how you develop trust. Yeah. I think like the, the essence of impact itself and impact work is very human. So you, yeah. you have to kind of have that go hand in hand. 
Um, speaking yeah. a little bit about impact, um, can you talk to me more about when you were kind of getting into this space? Like what were some, I guess, causes or things that really got you amped up to to really be a thought leader in the impact space? I'd say the first thing we really latched, latched onto was clean energy okay. because we were really motivated by thinking climate change the problem of our generation and really of generations to come. But we thought we need to do something about this. And we were both kind of nerdy about technology and thought this would be a great space for us to get into. And then really pretty close on the heels of that was impact investing. I've always been, I was personally interested before I even started doing this work and how I could get my money more aligned with my values. So that was a natural entree. And that was really nascent when we started doing this work about 10 years ago, 10, 12 years ago. So it just felt like I love things that are at the beginning. Mm. That's why I like working with startups. I love things that are, that are about to bloom and you feel like you can really play a role in making something like that live. So mm -hmm. that was a, a big attraction to that. And just, you know, money, it, mm -hmm it's core to it's mm -hmm. duh it's core to our economy that's yeah. an obvious thing to say <laughs> but you know mm -hmm. dealing with the money is always an issue you need to deal with where the money's going who gets it where it comes from how it's used all of those factors thread into impact investing so that was a really appealing area for us mm. and then as it's developed it's really just been anything that we think is addressing a real need in the world and that the people doing it have a genuinely viable, important concept and we could help them make that spread. Yeah, that's great. And I, you mentioned, you know, you've always liked to be at something at the start or like see it bloom. Have you been like that since you were a child? Like would little Sandra be surprised to see where, <laughs> where you are now? Or was that kind of always a, a passion? Maybe it came out in other ways when you were younger, but is that kind of who you are at the core? I think when I was a kid that came out more in curiosity mm. and having a lot of different interests I was always very interested in arts, arts and crafts. So I, I was, as my parents described me, the creative child. Yeah. So I think those two are related mm -hmm. in that it's about making something bloom. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. when you're making art, you're creating something out of your own, your own brain, your own ideas, your own vision. Mm -hmm. And I think that is definitely, uh, definitely has a relationship to just generally liking to be at things at the start. Yeah. And also just having somewhat of a short attention span in certain ways. Mm -hmm. Like I can, I can easily focus on things for years. Obviously I have, but there needs to be always something new and invigorating about them. Yeah. And part of the great thing about our work is working with a number of different clients. We get to really dig into a lot of different fields and learn about all kinds of new things and Mm -hmm. For me, always learning is the happy place to be. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I think working with brands or creating a brand and that strategy behind it, I mean, you're, you're, you are the one watering it to make sure it does bloom. Right. And that yes. creative, yes. that creative essence that you have really, 
it has carried through your whole life, you know, it sounds yeah. like. So it's pretty. Pretty much. It's pretty much. I hadn't thought about that until <laughs> yeah. you asked me. So great question. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. Um, and when it comes to, to brand strategy, um, it, to me, it personally fascinates me. I think it's having that strategic mindset is is something that, I mean, it, not everybody has. So it's number one, like a gift that you have it and your team, yeah. your team has it. Um, when your clients come to you, do they ever ask like or present to you like, hey, this is where I'm at now. Uh, how can I refine my brand? Or are they usually coming to you with a brand that's already kind of done and they're looking to amplify it? Or are they looking, are they coming to you more with like, um, I, it's not developed yet, help me refine it? All of the above. Okay. <laughs> we get a little, uh, we get a little of each. And to be clear, brand strategy is a, a large category. So that could include, yeah. say, developing a product rollout and that's not something we do. We specifically right. focus on the communications aspect of branding. Right. So mm -hmm. I just want to be clear about that. But mm -hmm. that said, yes, come to us with a fully developed brand that okay. they just want to amplify and and absolutely do that. And brands are not static. No. They are always growing and always changing. Again, they're sort of like a living thing. Mm -hmm. So you definitely need someone, whether you're hiring an agency or inside on your team to be managing your brand. So we can do that. Um, we can also help them build from the ground up. Although I will say that um, for really young startups, I'm actually an advocate of down and dirty when it comes to developing your brand because you can sink a ton of money into it and then realize oh we have to pivot our whole business model yeah and then <laughs> and then right. you've like put a lot into something that isn't really working so we actually offer a um a stripped down mm. product for the service for those people who are there which is just what are you all about you know the parts that won't change what drove you to create this business? Mm -hmm. So really kind of your, your core values and mission and developing that so that you can be communicating from that. That's, mm -hmm. that's our thesis that everything needs to come from that. Whatever you're communicating needs to be rooted in that. Mm -hmm. So we can help people do that on a stripped down basis. But then probably the more, the most common is people who have a brand, they feel like it might need a little refresh or, need adapting to go into a new market. You always need to show the side of your face that appeals to that market. Mm -hmm. So we, we do quite a bit of that. And often we need to adapt media uh, messaging for media because mm -hmm. we need to be a little less, less big language inspirational and more brass tacks with media. So we need to find a way to, to reach out that reflects the brand, but is actually going to be appealing to a working journalist. Yeah, absolutely. I I know a lot of our our listeners, you know, they're founders like yourself, but also we have a lot of aspiring founders and people who want to be in the startup space. They're really excited about that. And you mentioned I encourage you to get down and dirty. What does that entail for somebody who is going through that startup process? And what do you believe they have to do to kind of earn those stripes before they, they keep climbing? Well, with branding, that would be commit to doing it. Don't just ignore it, mm. but do it 
fast and do it from the gut with, a, you know, you want a, a knowledgeable partner who can guide you in this, but don't obsess. People can get very obsessive about specific word choice and you can, can spend months working on a single sentence. That is not where you should be as a startup. You need to get to something that reflects your goals and that is true to who you are and who you want your company to be. But it doesn't need to be perfect because you're going to change. The company is going to change. Your direction is going to change. So you want the ideal is for the branding work to push you forward, not hold you back. Yeah. So if you're in a space where you're like, I need to do this perfectly, or I'm not going to do it at all because I can't do it perfectly, then that's not a good space to be in. You want to be in the space where I'm going to do what I can do the best I can do it right now and throw it out there and see what happens, which is often how people are developing their products. So it's funny to me that they don't want to treat the brand the same way. <laughs> right, right. Do you feel like you went through those iterations yourself when you were starting? Oh, totally. Out? Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> On that cocktail yeah. napkin, mm-hmm. lots of scribbles. Oh. <laughs> I mean, yeah. occasionally, uh, you know, I'll look at some of our old messaging, like mm-hmm. going through some files and think, Eesh, oh my yeah. God, that was terrible. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, I don't know, you know, it's like looking at your high school diary. You, you were right. where you were and it was sincere and heartfelt and mm-hmm. it's not where you are now. So it feels weird, but yeah. Yeah. That's, that's too good. That's too good. Are there any people in this space or um, companies or leaders in this space that you look up to personally, or maybe in the past, um, past leaders or people that really um, got you inspired to, to do what, what you're doing, do the type of work that you're doing? Ah, um, I think the Metropolitan Group is great. Mm-hmm. They are a B Corp. You might know them mm-hmm. in Portland. Um, they have a sort of different scope than we do, but I, I am an admirer of their work. I'm trying to think who else. Um, I think in the web design space, which we used to build websites when we were still doing general marketing, Mighty Bytes, another B Corp, is a super impressive company with a real vision around websites that most people don't have. Yeah. I'm sure there are others. I I could find them, but those are the two that come immediately to mind. Yeah. Did you have any idols like when you were starting business or people that you looked up to? Um, you could be your own idol. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I no. you know, the reason I hesitate is not like it was all me. Yeah. I was so awesome. <laughs> it was more that I like going back to what I said before, we really started the business and helped let's put out a show spirit. Like, right. I, I didn't have idols I looked up to because I hadn't really thought of starting a business. Right. We yeah. just decided to. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. <laughs> and then, wow. you know, built the plane as we flew it. Mm-hmm. So there are tons of people I admire. I mean, I admire all the B Corp founders enormously yeah. and the yeah. founding companies there. Mm-hmm. I admire all of our clients and their leaders who are all incredible. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, I admire Yvonne Chouinard, who's done amazing things mm-hmm. with Patagonia and their recent conversion is completely inspiring. 
I, I could tell you tons of people I inspire uh, who are inspiring and who I admire, but I can't really say they inspired me just because I was honestly too ignorant to even yeah. have, have a business hey, leader. Ignorance is bliss, right? Yeah. <laughs> it, was. it was. It really is. It really is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the work that you and your team do, I mean, it's so admirable um, just, you know, prepping for this interview and, and looking at what you do. I mean, it's I look up to it personally. And um, thank you. I think as as a woman in business, you you have just I mean, you're you're paving the way for so many people after you. And I hope you know that. Um, yes. And I my last question, though, to you, and it's it's an important one, is what is your definition definition of a real leader? Definition of a, my definition of a real leader is someone who models the way they want the world to be in the way they approach their own work, in the way they approach other people, mm -hmm. in the way they try to lead in their field and in the way they lead their organization. Yeah, that's powerful. That's the short version. There are a lot of details in that, but ba yeah. basically that is my goal, to model what I want to see. Yeah. And I hope people call me out when I'm not doing that and always try to be better. None of us is perfect. We're all going to struggle to get that to reach that mark. This is where I want to be. But it's essential to keep trying and yeah. to always know that you can be better and do better. Yeah, 100%. Well, Sandra, it has been a pleasure and an honor to talk to you today. And I know our listeners are going to get so much out of this and be inspired in thought leadership and telling their own stories in their own way. And I mean, it's been it's been great. So thank you, Sandra. I appreciate well, it. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. It was fun. Yes, it was. And for the Real Leaders podcast, I'm Laura McKinney signing off. And remember, friends, to keep it real. Hey, Real Leaders, thank you again for taking your valuable time to listen today. If you just can't get enough, make sure to check out our magazine. And if you go online to realleaders.com today, you're going to get the first 30 days for free where you'll be able to access all of our magazines, courses, and live events from some of the top thought leaders around the world. All you have to do is go online to real-leaders.com and click the subscribe button in the top right corner to get your free 30-day trial right now. That's real-leaders.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and as always, keep it real.